All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I am Rodney Godak, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Nate Roberts. And my sound is oh, my sound's <laughs> right. back. Hold on, it's it's too loud. I'm gonna turn it down a little bit. And, okay, we got we got some levels, and we're back. Yeah, and we're back. All right, and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Right. Yeah, get back in that can. All right. <laughs> um yeah okay episode 13 uh, 13 all right uh, come true and the long walk um yeah it's an interesting pair of films that like were billed as as like sci-fi horrors and like come true is a little more sci-fi than than uh, the long walk but they both kind of dabble in sci-fi i wouldn't i wouldn't call either of them like hard sci-fi or, you know, sure. they're obviously not in outer space, and there isn't a lot of, you know, a lot of tech, right? <laughs> you got your sleep, you got your sleep tech in Come True, you've got your, uh, yeah. your... There's little... cool, cool, uh, cool tech in, in Longwalk. Yeah, Walk yeah, where... Longwalk has the arm, the arm chip. Yeah, what yeah. was that movie with, um, with flipping, uh, what's his face? Justin Timberlake had it in his arm, and it told him how much time he had to live or whatever. Oh, what was right, 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 right. What's it called? Uh, in Time? Out of in time, time, in time, in time, something like time. that. Yeah, JT and in time. So it was cool, but it was always um, couched in it, uh, like not overt, just sort of there, and no one was going to explain anything. It's yeah. just the universe. So sure. that was neat. So uh, yeah, we didn't intend on, uh, like I wanted to talk about Come True. I mentioned it several streams ago that I had watched it, and I re- was very regretful that I didn't see it last year. And so I wanted to be talking about it because it had just been something that was impactful for me. And we just kind of were looking for another film. And like you said, it had that sci-fi element. It had a, a good article that came out saying, hey, you should pay attention to this one. It was nice. And uh, so we did. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. And that's what the one we're going to talk about first, The Long Walk. Um, let me go ahead and show you guys a little thingy here. Oh, there it is. The Long Walk. Um, directed by Maddie Dew, um, which I thought was a cool name, uh, written by Chris Larson, uh, stars a whole bunch of people from Laos, um, who I was trying to, like, figure out what, how they, what, how do they say it? Is it Laosian? No. They just say, they just say Lao from people from Laos. They speak Lao and they are Lao and they are from Laos. Okay. Well, they are allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, oh Sorry. yeah, here, here it is, La- a Laotian, an old Laotian hermit, <laughs> like, uh, discovers that the ghost of a road accident victim can transport him back in time 50 years to the moment of his mother's painful death. Okay, I hate this, uh, this one-line summary here. It is, it gives away way too much, way too much. Like, half of that stuff, yeah. I, honestly, I wish I didn't know before I watched the movie, because it would have, it would have felt right. better to unravel. Like you don't know that there are two timelines right away. Like it, like that's something well, that's actually yeah. a re- that's kind of a yeah, reveal. Yeah, transporting him back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, transporting him back, and then like at the minute I saw the woman in the road, I was like, "Up, oh, that's a ghost." Right, and that's the <laughs> ghost. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So we if if we didn't know any of that stuff, like what? How much better does this movie get? So another another hey stop showing people trailers and writing stupid one-line summaries like that when you could just have a title and a really nice picture and maybe one cool like line 
Um, you know, we talked about it a lot more last week. I'm not going to harp on it this week, I promise. <laughs> well, but I mean, it bears repeating. It's everything that is frustrating for us. Like, uh, this past weekend, South by Southwest was having their festival, which we obviously plan on being in attendance of uh, next week, next year, rather. Yeah. So that'll be great. But I was super excited to kind of see some things that were coming through uh, that I was paying attention to on social media. And people got to see X this weekend, and we're hoping that we're going to be discussing that next week. Yep. And so uh, I couldn't help but see every now and then people kind of like talk about certain details with it or this or that. And it, it I, I want to get the hype or get excited to watch it, but I hate seeing anything that's going to tell me what to expect. And that's super annoying, you know, oh, yeah. especially with something like that. It hasn't hit theaters yet, so just like show excitement. But keep minimal details, and yes. Yeah, so <laughs> the long walk, yeah. That's uh, the tagline in IMDb is unfortunate. I would rather have not known that, but uh, yeah, absolutely. It's what it is. No, absolutely. So as always, real quick before we get into details, and I don't know what we're gonna do with this one. Yeah, uh, uh, earmark that. We are gonna get into all the spoilers and details of both of these films, so please go watch them before we get into this. So there, we already kind of spoiled some of it. Sorry, not sorry. It's what we do. Um, I, it, honestly, you just read that one sentence on IMDb, and you you got it. Yeah, too, too bad you you just spoiled it. Yeah. So sorry. Uh, I usually take pages and pages and pages of notes. I like to. Well, okay, that's an exaggeration. With Come True, I did because it was <coughs> excuse me my second watching, so I wanted to kind of pay attention to certain things. But with Long Walk, I didn't even fill a page. I started to write, and I was like, there's too much going on. I just need to experience it. Yeah. And I it was like, I can't do this for two hours. There's no way. So <laughs> I don't think I'm prepared or interested, I would say, in doing a point-to-point -point because it gets so muddled throughout yeah. the whole thing. No, no, I agree. So I, I think we can we try can to like, recall it, though. Yeah, and... we, we can do some big, big points, big moments, I guess. Um, yeah, I felt so bad last week when I said that I don't take notes. Your reaction, I was like, I was like, oh shit, I better start taking notes. So I, I took notes from uh, through Come True, and then I took no notes for the long walk. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's hard because for uh, it's subtitled, so obviously we're yeah. both huge fans of foreign films. But in this film, watching any foreign film for us to have this kind of like context where we're going to try to be a little bit more observant viewers uh pulling yourself out of it to try to scribble down some notes so that you can discuss yeah. in this kind of a conversation is difficult yeah and so yeah. you know i'm not trying to raise you too hard it, a couple <laughs> of things just to remind you is like always a good thing yeah it, for me but it's not everyone's process and that's fine um so uh so the long walk uh came out in 2019 um but you know, with COVID and what have you, um, it doesn't officially release in theaters until March 28th of, of this year. So in like two weeks. Um, oh, it but, will be in a theater? Yeah, yeah. But it is on Amazon Prime and that's where we got to see it. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's an old movie, but it's a new movie, right? Um, oh, right. Yeah, it just recently came out. And, and even then it was only uh, L.A. So, yeah, it hit all the film festivals. Yeah. And that's the weird thing that's happened the past couple of years. We want to stay current with new films, but a ton of the new films have already been out for a year or two in festivals, and but you can't see them. Yeah. So where are you finding? Are you going to try to find a pirated copy? Are you going to try to find a streaming service? Right, or are you going right. to just like purchase it? We always hate putting the money down on the off chance of seeing uh, maybe not a great movie. Right. So, that's true. It's hard. Okay. 
So, the long walk starts with our uh, main character, uh, Old Man. He is not named in this film. Um, and he is uh, he's collecting junk uh, in the yeah. jungle. Um, he uh, takes a walk with a younger woman. Um, and they have a conversation. He says, he says, what have we been doing this for 50 years? And she is definitely 30 years old. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then, and, and so, right. you know, a clue to you right away, is something weird's going on. Um, right. And she's never talked. He points that out. Like right. you've never said a word in 50 years. And so be the tagline on IMDb as it may, it kind of informs you what the hell's going on immediately. Yeah, immediately. So, so sorry that you knew that she was a ghost, but she's the ghost. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> but she's eating an orange, which is cool, or a tangerine or something. Um, yeah. Which he, kept, he, he keeps bringing her. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Right, because there's, and that's the, what this film is really has a lot to do with is uh, religion and... Um, shrines and what pe- how people uh, revere the dead or take care of the right. dead and in this culture a lot of shrines are constructed and offerings are left to help the spirit leave or go on to the next world afterlife uh or to find their way or just to to sustain them on the journey and so there's a lot of that imagery throughout the whole film and that's very relevant yeah. and so it starts off right. early with that Right, because we'll you know we'll come to find that anyone who doesn't get the the proper burial or doesn't get cremated um, doesn't move on, so we'll 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 all we'll get clued into that soon. Um, okay, so once again, you know the order of events. I guess we're not. It's such a long movie, right? Um, a crazy old woman who ran a noodle shop is missing. Mm-hmm. He finds this out while he's trading in his parts. Yep. The shopkeeper's like, "Yeah, you're gonna see a body get pulled out and." whatever yeah he's just like looking like he knows something but he doesn't know anything sure uh yeah they don't find anything but he's like keeping an eye on the cops for whatever reason um he gets back to a house you're not really Mm -hmm. sure whose house and seemingly his house yeah but she's there dead on the floor with suicide scars uh right and yeah, this is the part that was weird because the thing that this film does is you like you're trying to pay attention to certain shit that's there, like clues, but there's so many things that are occurring that you can't remember the small minutia of what was there, or the imagery isn't overt enough to like solidify this memory of like was that a suicide thing? The the there's a nail that's poking out in the door jam, yeah. So you're wondering, did she do that herself? Yeah. Uh, but it's like later on at the conclusion of the film, I think you're clued into the what caused this death. Right. But it's like it's they kind of hide it a little bit and you question it at first and it's kind of bizarre as to why they do that cuz I mean, I guess for the surprise of what's what he's doing and why he's doing it, you know? Right. So yeah, you get back, you see uh a woman who you kind of put together that this must be the woman from the shop, right? Like that's like the general the natural bridge that you make. Yeah, yeah. Um and he's like I, digging at the, the scar, the, yeah, the, the like he, he the like, stitches. Yeah, he uh he sews it up and 
Um, then he's cleaning up some bones, and then he wraps the bones, and he puts it on a plate with a bunch right. of other wraps on it's, it. I think it's her finger that he takes it's, off. It's a, it's, it? a, it's yeah. a finger bone. It's a, Yeah, it's obviously yeah. three-jointed finger bone. And um, he takes it off her right there, doesn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. that was one thing. Yeah, he cuts it off, yeah. And he puts it on his plate, and there's a bunch of other wraps on the plate. Several other things, as if this yep. isn't the first time he's done this. Yep. Uh, he takes her into the woods, and he buries her in a certain spot, and she's her ghost is there with him. While he's burying. During the burial, yeah. Yep. And, and he, he says and he that, talks to uh, her. Don't worry, you won't yeah. be alone out here. He's like, Yeah, you'll be you, safe. You'll you'll be safe, you have company. Uh you know, he's trying to reassure the the ghost. Um the next day the cops come pretty much right to his house and mm-hmm. you know, they start to question him and, and at first I think he's like on the defensive, but then he right. like then he takes the he takes the offense of the conversation when he realizes that they're just they're they're superstitious and heard that he speaks to ghosts, so they were there asking him for help. And then he kind of gets this yeah. like, "No, I'm not helping you get out of here." Attitude, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think it's right before during these two scenes. Then now we're introduced to the boy. To boy, right? Which who we don't know, um, and we don't know when or where boy's storyline is taking place um in fact it seems it seems the way it's shot the way it's shot it seems like it's concurrent yeah it's a boy in the same village and honestly if uh you know if you didn't know that it was about a time traveling ghost you might assume they were happening at the same time and have a nice surprise halfway through the movie uh instead that is spoiled for you by once again just like one sentence (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the boy uh, is wandering the road. Uh, he goes off the road and he finds uh, the body of a woman face yeah. down and she's still alive. She says to not leave, to stay with him. And so yeah. he does and she dies. And she right dies. Right there. And then her ghost pops up pretty much right there, it, right? Uh, I don't know if it's immediately. I don't think it's immediately. Okay. But. Um, I mean, it might not have been immediate. Yeah, because I think that he's, like, with his mother at the shop. She says, go back to help your father, which is, like, the thing. Right. So his mother uh, is a shopkeeper on the side of the road, or she has a a roadside cart where she sells vegetables, and they're very very poor. It's all that they can do to earn money. She kind of has a bad cough. He's supposed to leave to go help the father with farming, Instead of helping him, he stops, is interrupted by the woman who says, don't leave me, stay with me. So he right. does, and this takes him all the way into nightfall, practically, where he's with her while she dies. He gathers some things from her, I think. Or oh, he finds, the, he finds yeah. the money roll in her... I don't know her. if he gets it just yet. He might go yeah, back to he it might, on he a might different go back, scene. Yeah. But then he goes to the, the water, which is like a, a, a sort of a set piece. There's a couple set pieces, you know, like the house, the, the roadside cart, the town... And then, like, the water's edge where he washes up. And he goes back, and, like, the father's like, he didn't help me. Where was he? And so he was going out and doing this thing with this, uh, to be there for the passing of this woman. And it's not until after that he starts to see her. Like, the next day, he sees the girl uh, outside the farm. And And then uh, it's, like, following him, and he's really uncomfortable because no one is saying anything. He's the only one that sees her. Right, right, right. And, yeah, she doesn't talk, and... He just talks to her, and he gets he get, he kind of gets to, um, to like, it's almost like therapy for him. Like he gets to just talk about things, 
and right. she she just doesn't react in any way. She's just kind of there, um, which which you know once you are clued into um, what's going on, the this element of like you know he's always had this like this best friend, this imaginary friend, so to speak, but but who I guess is real, um, who he could mm-hmm. lean on. Like he's had he's had her his entire life. Um, right. Uh, which I think is actually really nice, and they do like a really good job with uh, with the turn, which, which obviously comes later. Right. So like it's, but like from this point now in the film, you're kind of you're introduced to all of the characters for the most part. Yep. Uh, and I had this issue for for me. This was difficult to get into. Uh, everything was there. Like, I was observant to see, like, they're doing what they should be doing. There's interesting things that are happening. Um, the characters, I'm interested in what's going on with them. People are performing their roles to a level that I'm convinced with what's occurring. But I had this barrier restricting me from really getting into it. And I'm not sure why. It's not because it's foreign language. I have no issues reading and then getting emotionally invested in the characters. That's happened right. a ton with, you know, foreign dramas and foreign horror horrors. I think we've referenced Let the Right One In, but for me, like, it, you know, as far as pinnacle vampire foreign film, it's made probably the best for me. And so, I don't, it's not the text, it's just something about the way that this was, like, uh, happening. I didn't get immersed the way that I wanted to. I could acknowledge it critically, but I just didn't yeah. feel it. So and I'll I'm sa- kind of frustrated. Like, what could I have yeah. done differently that got me into it? Uh, so, so I I was into it, but I was also taken out of it a lot. Um, and uh, and I'll tell you my theory. So we talk about music and sound a lot. Um, this film uses a ton, a ton of the crescendoing like builds that yeah. usually that usually end with a a reveal or a jump scare or a fake out, and they never deliver not there's not one time is this crescendo an actual jump scare or right. a fake or or a fake out there was they, one to me there was one scare that happened and i think it was like probably closer to three quarters but you're right there was a lot of like uh, the violence of, peaking ton of tension but, ton of like trying to build tension with the music and all that's happening these the, people are just like walking around the the right the uh you know the town or the the room that they're in and you're like yeah. what could possibly happen because you hear the music and that triggers it in your mind immediately you're like oh oh something's about to happen and he just opens a closet door and grabs oh. something and you know, then he goes back to cooking like i you know it, it it was constant it wasn't it wasn't building i think yeah it just kept kept kind of like peaks yeah. and valleys of what was happening and what was interesting and a lot of it kind of had um you've seen looper right oh yeah with bruce willis and they kind of had that vibe once you get clued into this whole idea that there's going to be time issues, like thing events that happened in the past, sort of same premise with Back to the Future. Something could occur, and uh, a butterfly effect type butterfly, stuff, and now yeah. it changes stuff in the future, and that happened real time in this movie. And that was kind of cool and exciting, but it didn't build and do things interesting. It just was like a blanket statement, a visual cue, hey, this can occur when events are altered in the right. past. Right, and we do see that. So we uh, the one character we haven't gotten to yet is the daughter of the shopkeeper. 
Um, she comes to the town to find her mother. Uh, she hears that this guy can talk to ghosts, so she seeks him out, asks for help. He offers her to stay there because she quit her job, has no money. Uh, right. She she can stay there while she's looking or whatever. He, you know, he, he's a, he's a softy as we can tell at this point. Like he definitely is sympathetic with people. He, um, I don't think it's been revealed yet, but but what we're gonna get to here is that he helps people who are sick to the point where they won't be getting better. Uh, he helps them, you know, move on. Um, right painlessly right and he and he right thinks that he's doing good and he feels good about it uh, whatever it is that he is doing right yeah so he tries to give her some closure so he's already taken care of this body so he actually tells her he's gonna take her to it gives her the necklace that he took and put in his shrine mm -hmm. uh digs up the body moves the body to the shore and you know he's going all out of his way just to give this woman some closure. So so you, right. you now you start to think to yourself, okay, this guy's got a got a pile of wrapped finger bones in his shrine, which you know we talk about with serial killers. We don't talk about it with nice guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and he's he's going all out of his way for this woman, and and so is he going to kill her? And I think that those all those crescendos we were just talking about are moments where he could have killed her. <laughs> Like, you know, he's, right. they're, they're just like, they're sharing a meal and he could have killed her and he like making her some tea and he could have poisoned it. And there's all these like great little scenes where it could have happened. But I think it was extremely distracting. And the fact that they, they didn't deliver on it was like just it. It hurt the immersion for me. I was able to get in and I fell out and got in, fell out a bunch of times. I think that's probably probably why you couldn't get in. That music was well, very, was very distracting. And it's the that I think that what they're trying to say in this film is really just about it's sort of just a meditative exercise of grief and loss and regret and wishing that you could change the events of the past. And if you would have only just done this, maybe then this would have been different. And like right. the when you're offered the potential chance to impact that uh like the the misgivings or the the unintended negative consequences that will arise from that kind of godlike power or that reliving and rehashing or creating re-envisioning the past right. like i think that this whole movie is just about mulling those ideas over and sitting with them and questioning things and thinking about loss and feeling the impact emotionally of what is going on, how you would react to that. And it's a great exercise. I'm into feeling like that and thinking about that, but the movie didn't do it in a way that it kind of felt that it had a stance really until the very end where you see how things, you know, kind of go off the rails for the characters. Yeah. And, yeah, it just wasn't satisfying in that way. It didn't have like a, a linear path that you would expect to to build your emotional investment and then be wowed with how they concluded their story. It was sort of just like uh, out there. Right. So you know, we have two characters, the boy and the old man, and they're the same the same guy. So yeah, we don't have two protagonists here. We have one at two different times of his life. Uh, I'd really call the old man the protagonist, I guess, if I had to. Yeah. Um, right. 
I, I don't know. The ghost gets a little bit of that too, and sure, she's the linear. She's a thread throughout it all, and she's yeah. there before, and she's gonna be there after. Well, she she also she also showed she showed the old man version how to help right uh, his mother, and right. in so in this timeline where she can now take him back, um, he shows. Not only does he show the boy, he does it for him to spare him having to do it, and right. that and that's what changed the timeline. Anyway, okay. Right. So, so yeah, before, so the before we get to, yeah, before we get to that, there's just a little bit more setup. Um, so while the daughter of the crazy uh, old lady is going on her journey, he is now being brought back to um, to when he was a boy. And the ghost is basically, or, well, he tells the boy that just ask the ghost to bring me back if you ever need any help. This is right. how you take care of your mom. Here are these pills. Half a pill will make her feel better. A whole pill will make her sleep. Don't, more than, no more than yeah. two a day, that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, and he goes back a couple times, and she's getting worse and worse. And then right. uh, the, the daughter eventually goes back to the city she has a girlfriend who comes and gets her um you know she has her clothes or so she leaves um and you know that's seemingly the happy ending bow tie on that story arc um right. so then after she leaves we come to the to the head of the other storyline where the father has already left for the city now this is the old man's father who left um, when he was a boy, and then the mom ended up dying with blood in her lungs, and he had to watch the whole thing. Yeah, I think they're saying uh, it's, what's it called, um, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, I think right. Yeah. So, he, um, so he's got this, cat, this wad of money that he had in both timelines, and he tells the boy what to do with it, but the father ends up finding it anyway, and he leaves for the city. Um, just like right, and there's a violent. Well, it's yeah. not the same way it happened. There's a violent right. confrontation. Yeah. Uh, where in the kids' timeline, yeah, uh, the father finds the money. Right. Uh, in with the the mother was hiding it. She yeah. he strikes the mother and he bails and he breaks gets out of town. He breaks the the closet door or the cabinet yeah, the door. Cure, the curio, yeah. Which is which is what holds his shrine. He notices yeah. the break in the future, and that sends him back to to find out what what happened. Right. And that's because when he that's, first, yeah. That's when he first realizes the wrinkle, right, or that that you know that it does. Yeah, because what forward. he what he wanted was he wanted the child because he didn't. His father found the money in his in his story, the yeah. the adult story. Right. He wanted the child to use the money or give it to his mother so that his mother could get treatment in the right. city and get better. And so she, the kid just gives her the money, and she doesn't hide it properly, and the husband finds the it. Husband and finds now... it, yeah. So the so, so yes. the, the same effect she's of the worse husband and worse. leaving, and she's getting worse. So he goes back, and he sees it, and he just knows. He t he basically just says out loud, "This is what's going to happen, kid." As yeah. he's as he's crushing up more pills, and just like he's like, "This is what's going to happen." So you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna help her. Well, he's like, yeah, he and but he doesn't explain, and he and he knows. Yeah. He's like, I thought you said no more than two, and he's yeah. like. And he's just like he's just nodding like, yeah. this is this will help her. Yeah. And uh, and the kids obviously really upset. And I feel like this is like a huge 
climax of the film, it's not like the climax of the end of the story, but like this is an important moment. And I just wasn't, I found myself trying to connect with it because of the way that it was all yeah. up and down. I wasn't there yet. And I was frustrated because I felt that this was so impactful. Yeah. Uh, emotion, emotionally, I don't think I was very connected to the scene. Like I was intellectually, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, this is, this is, you know, in, getting ramping up and like, yeah, very I was, dark, processing like... everything, but I was not, you know, like I wasn't right there with the kid all sad or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 older uh, the old man makes the crushes all the pills, puts them in a tea, has the mother drink it, and within a minute she's she's, she's dead. dead. Yep. She's passed, and, and the boy did not think that that's what he meant. Yeah, he's upset. He's upset, and now the ghost sides with the boy, and we don't see the ghost in the father in the old man's timeline um, for a while, for a long while yeah. after after this yeah. scene. Um, he's kind of stranded in his timeline. Um, well, okay, so so that happens, and he goes back to his timeline, and this is this is like we build we're building right to the to the end here, right? Um, well, kind of. He, yeah, he, but I'll be honest, like, and we're gonna talk about it. Things get a little mixed up at the end. By the end, they you do. Know? They do. Because I think there's an there's another timeline that comes into play. A third one, I think. Kinda, it's weird. So, so he gets back to his house, um, in the in his timeline, and uh, and it's all different. It's all different, and he sees he like there's weapons everywhere, and there's blood on some of them, and yeah, blood stain counters. He, he sees that there's someone upstairs, so he goes up there, and they're locked in the room, the room where his mom died. Um, is important that this is the same room. Uh. Yeah, well, it's sort of like the bedroom of this yeah. house on stilts in this area. Yeah, he, he unlocks. Uh, he unlocks and he looks in, and it's the daughter of the noodle shop uh, owner. Yeah. Um. She's a captive. She's a captive. Yeah, she looks in terrified. His house. Yeah. She looks of terrified. Him. She's scared of him. She's yeah, like, she, "What do you?" Yeah. Yeah. He 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 was like, he's like, "Oh my god!" I he probably in his mind, I'm about to rescue this girl, but then he's like, "Wait a minute, she's afraid of me." So yeah. he, lo he locks her back in there, and he's like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. And he goes to town, he goes to the noodle shop, and the crazy old lady is alive. Mm -hmm. And he orders two dinners to go, and she's mumbling about the daughter, I think Lena was her name? Yeah, uh, yeah Lena. Right. Yeah, Lena, Lena, where's Lena gone? And uh, he can't pay her, which I thought was weird. Like, his chip scans and it errors out. He luckily has cash. Yeah. He has cash in his front shirt pocket, which we saw him put in there earlier. Um, he comes back and he eats with her, like he serves her food, and she, she's, they're like he starts trying to talk to her, but she doesn't want to talk to him. Right. Um, he's, he's trying to get answers, trying to figure out like why, why do I have you? Why are you in there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she's not, you know, she's not answering, um, not giving him any help. Uh, I think she, he kind of like, oh, this is where he goes and you see the, the new trophies, the new trophies in the trophy case are strands of hair yeah, and, and yeah. there's a jar with an actual finger in it in water or formaldehyde or something. So he still has that finger thing, but instead of like the dead, uh, you know, terminally ill people that he helped move on, 
uh, bone fingers. This is like live fingers, yeah. hair of his victims. Uh, definitely like a he runs. He goes out to the graves to visit yeah. with all the ghosts, and it's like and they are different. They are different. It's, sh- it's like young women. Well, and the shrines are different too. Where the shrines that he was doing in his timeline sort of had a, a post with sort of like a structure or a house with candles and fruit food offerings. These ones almost looked like they were um, uh, like dream catcher looking things, where it was a post and like had like twigs and stuff in some sort of like a uh, a symbol of some sort yeah. and had like webbings and stuff it just looked like a different kind of um totem totem not yeah. not the kind of um sanctuary-esque type right. uh that the other ones were and so i felt that that was significant too but yeah a ghost this was the one scare the ghost grabs him this Gra- is the jump yeah. scare yeah the ghost grabs him grabs his hand because uh, you never see them interact in that right. kind of way in a violent way and that it freaks you out and he's like you i didn't you're not one of mine is what he yeah, says he's like you're not you're not one of mine <laughs> you know me i don't know you uh let me get right. out of here and so now here's what you're gonna have to clarify because i feel like at this point now as the story progresses the old man that we see is not him it's the old man that is meant to live in that time, which was the boy that watched his mother get murdered by him. Un- because that's un- what I... Unfortunately, I don't think... I, I think it has to be him. I don't... I think we have to go more back to the future here unless... Unless, uh, like, Terminator. <laughs> uh, but, right? <laughs> but, my, but it's like... And I have to... I'd have to rewatch it because I feel like... He's wearing a. This is a stupid reason, but it's like something that I, I observed. He's got like a darker olive green shirt, and his hair looks a little bit more black. Whenever the the old man then starts to interact with the the hostage, and he seems to have certain dialogue where I just feel like it's the the child grown now, and but and so for me because I got confused there the yeah. the impact and i feel kind of like right. a jackass because i'm not sure uh which way it was yeah so i i think that i think that's him and that's the only version of him like there's not two of him running around in the current timeline and that and that is that is the boy grown up because it is him in in my mind uh also to that note is good because they messed with color i think through the whole movie um in fact you get used like i was suspicious of it and then it was proven when she shows the kid how to time travel. Um, so I'm like 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they're using like a like a cold, like blue tint palette for sure. all of for all of the old guy uh, scenes, and they're using a warm like red tint palette for all of the boys scenes because I you could almost see like a reddish hue. Uh, to his skin when it's in the sun, right? Which and you never, yeah. you never got that. It was a lot colder. So and then when uh, she jumped, he jumps over the line. Like the color just change, sucks the color right out of the shot um, when he jumps over the line, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was was super cool. Um, so yes, so the what your observation there very well could have been to show that even though it's the same. Got old guy, it is a different version of him now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that slight change. Um, I didn't notice that. 
but um, yeah, because like he's wearing because he's wearing like a goddamn khaki fucking shirt like the whole movie, and then these ending scenes with the old man, it's like an olive green. It's okay. very, it's like That's... it seems different. But either sure. way, the old man, whether way. it's the the original or the youth having grown from earlier, he's now. Uh, so like yeah, they, they see the shrines, and then, then the old man comes back to uh, the house. The meanwhile, the the captive girl, because she was let free to roam the house, yeah, she's she's acquired a knife, hidden right. it in hidden her pillowcase, yeah. because she expects him to be back, and she's yeah. gonna need to do something. So, so he, he comes back. And so he, he tries. Finds her. Well, hold on. He tries to fix it first, right? He tells her he's gonna fix it. So he goes to find the ghost. He puts the right. tangerines out, and she doesn't come to him. So he's like, "Well, fuck! If I can't go fix this, what am you know? What am I gonna do? Like, I'm I'm stuck here as mm-hmm. this I'm this as this sicko serial killer who, because I grew because I grew up different because of this because the, the the thing I changed it changed too much. Um, I was just trying to like, you know, help." Uh, which is what he always thought. He always thought he was doing the right thing, right? Um, by killing these these people who were near death anyway. Um, so he gets back, and oh well, while he's gone, she takes the knife. She has these stitches um, across the uh, the kill yourself slit in her arm, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so she cuts the stitches open, and she bleeds a little bit all over the place. But obviously, the yeah. wounds healed enough to where it doesn't kill her, but she fakes dead, you know, and he, you know, he comes in, he gets real close to her, and then, you know, she comes up with the knife and jabs it into his thigh, and, uh, run, and, well, it doesn't even run away, she just kind of stares at him and walks off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, but, yeah, she, she's like, I'm out of here now. She's so, like, yeah. I'm out of here. So. Well, and she knows she doesn't have to run anymore, because, like, he's yeah. hobbled, like. Yep. And so it's at this moment that the ghost shows back up, and, Offers him some support. He he she he can put his arm around her and she lifts him up, and um, carries him to the place where she died. Um, yes. Or, or to his own shrines. No, I think it was to where she died. Yeah, in the jungle. Um, it didn't look like his shrine area. And uh, they're talking, having a conversation where he's basically like. I changed too much. I, I can't believe it, it got. It, I, how could it have gotten so much worse? And uh, this is where she talks for the first time, and yeah. she explains that um, that he held her hand while she died, and that she loved him for that, and that after that, she never did anything. He never did anything for her after that. And he, but he thought he did, and she said, "No, you never let me move on." Right. Uh, and um, so she's making him the tea, and she's emptying pills into it, and he kind of sees what's going on, and he just like accepts that that his time is is over. And oh, oh, wait, 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 we forgot the whole big thing with the boy. <laughs> right. How did yeah, the how did the, how did the boy the boy she brought the boy back to to his timeline, and so the boy could confront him about killing his mother, and he locked him in the room, and burns the house down. 
Right, the boy right. confronts him. Yeah, so the boy yes. confronts him, and he locks him in the in the. He locks the boy in there. In yeah. there and burns the house down. Okay, so that happened um, after. Right, because then he goes back uh, and he sees the boy's skull under the house. Under like the it's, house. Yep. Yeah, so he knows that that he's killed himself. Well, he sees he sees a skull under the house. I know, <laughs> and like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there was a big hole in it too. So I, I don't I don't buy that it was the boys' skull, and we'll get to our yeah. ending our ending uh, interpretation in a minute. So we go back to the ghost and him at the, uh, the you tea. know the original site, the T site, and um, he basically says, "Will we be together forever?" And she's like, "No," and he's and she's like, "No, I don't know what's gonna happen to you." And he drinks the tea, and he goes, "Are you gonna stay with me while I die?" And she says no, and just gets up and, and and leaves. So she's like super pissed about about the chain of events uh, with him actually being the one to kill his own mother, even though he thought he was helping. Right. Um, oh, and so, she references how like this she, is just going on. This yeah. is going to go on for eternity. Yeah, she said. I, is... Yeah, she said. I've seen this. I've seen this cycle a thousand times. A thousand times, and she said, and he said, um, "Well, how many? Or how about the boy?" And she said, "No, he only died once." Right when he right when killed. he burned the yeah. house down. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. How many times have I died? Yeah. He, yeah. Yes. How many times have I died? Or yeah. yeah. Or how many times have we died? The boy was only once. Right. Yep. All right, so my my interpretation and it, and you know who knows if it's right or well, wrong. Well, and then the end of it, like the next thing that happens is she goes back and she sees the boy with the mother at the cart, right? Right, right, right. She well, she sees the boy. She sees the boy at least, and then it goes right. to credits. And so that's what that's what led me to believe that um, the skull under the house. I mean, he was a, a crazy psycho killer. Who knows whose skull that was? Um. The boy only died once. Well, the boy is the old man, and the old man died right there when she gave him the poison. Um, so she's technically not lying to him. And then, so she goes back in time to where the boy's alive. So how did the boy survive the fire? Well, she was in there with him. I mean, all she had to do was draw a line, right. and they walk over it, and they they jump back in time. So the her, her him dying there is like weird. For me, and yeah. if he and if he did uh, actually a, a die there, the way that the do yeah. the ending is weird for yeah. me. Like the fact that I was confused, like because because the way that he was acting, it, he in the way that the characters were reacting to him, it made it seem like he was uh, the the version of the boy that grew up, you know, seeing it, just like it seems like the the old man that we saw at the end seems like it was the grown youth that watched his mother die and the reason that the current timeline old man uh unless he's like embodying him now you know i suppose is what is happening like he's now the embodiment of this current timeline uh which is the kid that he just screwed up by killing his mother in front of him and so yeah so like that caused him to turn in so i feel like all of the the actions that are occurring to him you want to see him uh, have his comeuppance because he turned out to be a bad guy right. growing up that way, but it's understandable because of what happened. It's not understandable, well, but well, yeah, I it's... mean, 
but also you also, can understand his darkness at that yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. You definitely understand his darkness. Also, the you know him him killing people who he thinks are dying anyway. That's not. That's still, still that's up. right. That's yeah. That's still like so. He definitely had it, and you know his first timeline is just like the way he feeds his little demon or whatever his little monster inside yeah. it, it was just it was just it's seemingly more friendly or way more explainable than in the other timeline the timeline where he's angry right like right. the one timeline he's sad and that's how he coped in this time this other timeline now he's angry and the and he's way more aggressive yeah. right right so i mean that's the big difference uh, either way, uh, really enjoyed the movie. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a solid seven. I'll give it a six. Give it a six? Alright. I just, I, I don't, I, I think I'm giving it a six. Okay. There's also a side plot that we didn't get into, oh, and maybe that's because, the, the, the solar panels, oh, and yeah. the, the, the white colonizers coming and thinking, I will give you solar power, and you have electricity now. You're so welcome, you poor yeah. person in the middle of the side of the road, and you third world country. You should be thanking us, you ungrateful bastards. Yeah. Like it's kind of heavy handed with the, yeah. the American language that they're speaking, and like, but I think it's a good metaphor for like how um, unaware that colonialism uh proponents are people that colonize or you know they don't have a clue as to the everyday struggles and the actual needs of the populace that they're oh, yeah. seemingly impacting and i thought that, that yeah. was a nice little touch because the, the dad was still around when they came right and he's like he's like what do i need with electricity like, yeah he's like i give I me need, a tractor i, I need food <laughs> I yeah like, I, I can't I, this is a great farm this is great <laughs> land out here like, oh, great, yeah, we'll put the solar panels right there. He's like, solar panels? <laughs> and they're like, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and, so I thought that was a cool little touch, yeah. but they, that's all that they did. Yeah. And if anything, it's it, you could respect it for, like, it's the arts. Like, yes, it's so unnecessary, but, like, it's there. It's a presence. It doesn't actually solve any of their actual problems. It just exacerbates and... Yeah. It makes it more obvious the, the disparity. It's 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 weird, but yeah, yeah. I like forgot I, about I that, wanted yeah. something else there, and it was just kind of there. I feel like that was the only thing. It was just to reference that idea, um, you know, because yeah. technology, like you said, is involved a little bit. This these arm things, it's the very arm weird. Things, yeah, you know? and the, the sci-fi ness, I think, is just for the time travel and right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a it was there. I mean, it was yeah. a, it was a plot device. Well, um, the the supersonic jets that are going overhead during yeah, the time travel, during, like yeah, it's also on in the, in the forward timeline. Yeah, <laughs> it's just weird. So I mean, yeah, like I I give it a six just because, and maybe it's me. I, I for whatever reason it didn't pull me in. Yeah, pulled me in a little bit more, but not by much. Um, so you know, would recommend. Uh, you know, definitely worth the watch. Would love to know what you guys think. Um, about the end. Yeah, and maybe if someone can explain, you know, where things went, like it, it's just odd. When you look, any film that starts to tackle time travel, things are going to get a little bit difficult to really kind of make sense of by the end of it. Time travel, you're probably doing all, some shenanigans. Yeah. yeah, time travel always makes things messy, and it allows you to kind of not explain yourself entirely and just get away with it. Be like, oh well, uh, time travel. 
Yeah, time travel. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you need the explanation for? Yeah. All right. That's, it's uh, unresolved. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, with uh, the long walk over, we're going to move on to Come True. Um, a teenage runaway takes part in a sleep study that becomes a nightmarish descent into the depths of her mind and a frightening examination of the power of dreams. So, uh, did this give anything away? I, I don't think that gave much away. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty broad. Yeah. Uh, and a good, just kind of like blanket, like, hey, just tell someone this. Maybe their interest is peaked, maybe it is not. But I think it's fair uh, description to, yeah. to I, maybe just get you interested. I don't dislike that. Uh, written and directed by Anthony Scott Burns. Um, always love and artsy horror movie written and directed by the same person that way you know that their vision was probably not i say probably probably not compromised by um you know some third party or producer walking in there telling you to add more cg and take out all the awesome uh, animatronics that you already made because it was a waste of money right um, uh this is a guy that had a vision and seemingly i think came uh saw to fruition uh i see him on twitter i'm following him on twitter the dude seems like an awesome dude he's um he's from toronto this film was shot in canada in alberta and uh the guy seems like a solid just down-to-earth normal guy because he kind of interacts with fans and other stuff on twitter there's some teas that are out that he helped assist in designing and gave people some art so that they could make a cool tea uh so yeah i'm if this film is any representation of what he's into and the kind of aesthetic and the kind of storytelling that he wants to do i'm all for him doing another film much like we felt similar with some of the other first time directors mimi cave doing fresh this dude has a vision this is like an iconically like a, a pinnacle film but maybe he's done a couple but probably the one that's maybe going to get the most uh, notoriety. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm all for it. So come true. I've got tons of notes. This one, I can go through. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to lead this one. I'm just going to (laughs) follow along. I wrote down the the title cards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this, this, this film is separated into four kind of acts via title cards, placards that show, uh, and this is not to get heady so here's there's two ways to look at this film uh it's just a fun cool sci-fi story and it can just be that but there's all kinds of other symbols and entendre or double meanings with the imagery or the things that are occurring and so the title cards there's they're significant and they're referencing uh carl young uh and the Jungian archetypes uh, the persona, the anima and the animus, the shadow and the self. And each of those have a relevance in psychology, but also in the events that are going to be depicting and how to interpret them. So we're not going to, I don't think we're, we're not going to get super deep, deep into that because I wasn't super versed in it when I was watching it. It wasn't since I watched it that I started to dig and kind of like uh, satisfy that, that itch. Because you know, films will do that. Like in this film is excellent at it something will come up 
and you start going down a rabbit hole of looking for all the hidden meanings of the shit. You know, like what's oh, yeah. is there a film that did that for you as you were growing up or as an adult where you start um, sort of like rewatch and get really into it? Uh, definitely not as a kid. Um, I mean, I did some I did some maze research recently for the night house. <laughs> Like, yeah. like when I saw yeah. the house, I was like, "What is all these re these like maze references?" I'm gonna yeah. go down this rabbit hole for a little while. Mm -hmm. That was definitely the most recent time I've done it. Sure, yeah. I I don't think I did it with the Blair Witch, but like, it got me into looking into what's real and what's not real because it seemed like it was you know it's found footage and it was like the first right, thing. I was like, oh my right. god, a film doing that. It just made you think. But then you know, uh, I guess in college it would have been something like uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh sure. And then uh, 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah. When I, when where I, they, they present big ideas, and then it's up to you to really pick, pick apart and figure things out for yourself. Yeah. When <laughs> I when I saw Clockwork Orange, I I went down a Anthony Burgess rabbit hole uh, of his novels and a Kubrick rabbit hole and started watching all his movies. Yeah. Uh, Clockwork, Clockwork. I mean, I I probably saw The Shining first, but I probably didn't know it was Kubrick or. Wasn't really into right. direct directors then. I was a little older when I finally saw Clockwork Orange. That's one of those movies your parents try to keep you away from. Yeah, you. <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, uh, the same yeah, thing kind of happened like when Eyes Wide Shut came out because like you know oh, that came sure. out high school at yeah. the end, like sometime during high school for us. Yeah, yeah. And like because it's like oh my god, I got HBO. Like uh, this is totally like jerk off material, but also <laughs> like there's stuff going on where you can be intellectual about it. Yeah, dude, it's like a the weird time. Crazy, the movie was crazy. Yeah. And um, then the other one, Pulp Fiction kind of has this, like, oh, where there's sure. ways to interpret it and different ways to get into yeah. it, what's was, in the case and all yeah. that. I was a huge Tarantino nut, too. After uh, Pulp Fiction, I went back and watched Reservoir Dogs, and then oh yeah, that was it. You know, I was hooked. Yeah. Um, the two films, though, let's uh, a little sidebar, that my parents absolutely said I could not ever watch uh, okay. was A Clockwork Orange and Looking for Mr. Goodbar. And if you ever get a chance, and anyone listening, looking for Mr. Goodbar, it's, um, I forgot the who plays the female lead, but it's uh, Tom Berenger, and it was, okay. I mean, and Richard Gere when he was young, like full head of black <laughs> hair, right? Uh, <laughs> so Tom Berenger being uh, Major League. Diane yeah. Keaton, Diane Keaton uh, okay. uh, was the lead. Um, yeah, she I've played... never heard of this movie to be honest. Oh, dude, it's she's a she's a school teacher who's like totally completely burnt out um, on being a, te a school teacher, and so she just like gets involved in this n cocaine and sex nightlife um, that she you know learns through not learns but like it's introduced to through partying with Richard Gere, and uh, and the movie is phenomenal. It has one of the craziest endings. Uh, to a movie I've ever seen. So what was it that they w didn't want you to see? Just like the sex? Uh, no, actually, it's pretty tame until the end of the movie. Like, okay. it's that fucking good. <laughs> like, the end, okay. is, the end is crazy. <laughs> um, so anyway. Uh, yeah, so like, but like, this is what's so fun about certain films that have the ability to kind of plant a seed in your brain and you just it, you're drawn for whatever reason with whatever storytelling the way that they're doing the storytelling you want to find out more or you want to do it i think this film excels at it uh but i think if you aren't interested in that i think you should still be blown away and super into it uh, i guess the current ones would be christopher nolan shit tenet uh inception 
thinkers where you have to do rewatches and figure out what's going on, what's going on to really get into. This yeah. has that vibe. But all of that is set within this sort of 80s aesthetic and uh, era of storytelling where there's a ton of synth. Uh, yeah. If you're into synth and if yeah. you're into moody, brooding, uh, dark, the glow of certain uh, digital light or electronic light, uh, everything about that kind of mindset, you know, there's a club scene in here. It will just... it it hits the trigger within me and like i'm just kind of it's like a taking ecstasy where you're just kind of you're on the wavelength everything that's going on there's talking about dreams and shit in this film you're just along for the ride and everything that they're doing visually in it and through sound i'm completely immersed and nothing is pulling me away i'm hooked oh, the yeah. whole, whole time during this movie yeah yeah the, the the ride um for me was a little bit better than the climax but the journey sure. you know uh, the journey, the music, fully immersed uh, through the entire film. Didn't have the problem that the long walk had. Um, yeah, I loved, I loved the cinematography. I definitely loved all the synth. Um, everyone in this movie puts on a banger performance. Yeah. Um, like even the bit characters, like the the professor, who's in like three scenes and has oh, ten, ten and that's the other thing too. Yeah, Doctor Meyer. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, they they are watching uh, Night of the Living Dead in the theater. Okay, yeah. the next day she has on a uh, Romero phys ed shirt, and Doctor Meyer's glasses are flipping George Romero giant black frame. Like they're, they're they're like down to his mouth. They're like yeah. all the way down here. Like what the hell? Yeah, it's just so over the top. Yeah. he's watching the screens and he's like sweating profusely, yeah. saying things oh, yeah. all intelligently. So yeah. many cool little lot, lot of references, details, lot of hidden, yeah. hidden referential uh, yeah. humor for people who are who are into the you know in the know. <laughs> so that's why I'm so mad that I didn't see it last year because uh, you know, um, Nighthouse and Rebecca Hall. Rebecca yeah. Hall clearly, I still think standout, but this actress who I'd never had seen before, Julia yeah. Sarah Stone, plays our lead character, Sarah Dunn. Uh, is absolutely amazing. I, I got to yeah. pull up her IMD and just see if she's done anything else. So yeah, she was excellent. Uh, uh, I so for me, for me, we did the top five, not a top ten. This movie definitely would have cracked my top ten. I don't think it would have cracked the top five. Like it's yeah. probably it's probably would have been six to be honest. Okay. For for well, last yeah, year, and for me. and we've talked about like you know there's certain representation. Like I included Antlers in a Black Magic in my oh, top sure. five. Like this definitely would have been one of my top three. But because I wanted to include other things, it's like maybe it maybe it might not have been. But for real, it probably would have been. Yeah. So, all right. So we kind of got off on a sidetrack there, but all we can right. reel it back in. Yep. Well, we it, haven't it, even started the beat by beat, so we're, we're no, we're, we haven't. We're, we're good. <laughs> so this film is going to be kind of framed where uh, there's sort of like the night house. Things are taking place in a dream world, and dreams are important. So every time there's going to be nighttime, Betty by time, or sleep time, uh, you're kind of, you know to have things on our alert, or that's going to drive a lot of the plot. And so the film opens with a dream sequence, and this is a sequence or a way of, the way the shots are done that you're going to get used to, because it's going to, you'll be seeing a lot, and this is where you're very vulnerable, because you don't know what to expect, but you're on edge each time because you you don't know what to expect but you kind of know to expect something you know right uh and so this one opens up with like a, a dream scene 
It's like it's just a it's just a cam kind of going through towards the horizon with images passing through and they're always different in these dreams but there's repetitive things in this one there's an island uh you go through and you hear water there's a tunnel there's a door and then there's a figure and the figure is the the iconography of the whole film sort of just like this sort of hunched figure uh and then you wake up she's waking up and she's on a she's on a sleeping bag on a park slide yep. she wakes up and confusing she's a teenager seeming uh yep. she gets on her bike a la donnie darko yep. uh waking up on the golf course or wherever the hell her, wa- her, her watch her watch time said 7 11 which i thought yeah. was interesting and then... it's it's the significance yeah. yeah there's meaning in that but i that meaning wasn't didn't impact me but i looked into it there's meaning in that but it doesn't you know yeah. <laughs> it's just there it's just there uh, yeah, she she rides her bike home and kind of s- sits outside and watches for her mom to leave. Yeah. Um, and then she goes inside, takes a shower, eats some food, and goes to school. Yeah. Uh, weekend at Bernie's poster on in her room, sort of a little reference just to sit yourself. I are you a weekend at Bernie's fan? Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, give me two. I, I'll, I'll give you two. I'm a Jonathan Silverman fan. <laughs> there you go. We at Bernie's is a weird movie. I didn't know as a kid. I didn't understand. I thought they were going to like the Florida Keys or something in like the uh, like Caribbean. I didn't realize it was Long Island and like the Hamptons or whatever the fuck. Right. It's just like some beach <laughs> in New yeah. York. <laughs> as, as, yeah. I, I thought that they went like way far away. I didn't know they were like went like two hours away. Yeah. As a kid, I watched it because like everyone's wearing like warm clothing and they just left. I thought it was completely different. It's hilarious to think about now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, oh, don't forget Andrew McCarthy. He's great too. Sure. Yeah. Ma- to be fair. Mannequin. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Talking about the jerk-off material. Kim Cattrall and Mannequin stuff. Come on. Although it was someone else in one of the other ones. Maybe I'm thinking Mannequin, too. Doesn't matter. All right. So, uh... So Sarah wakes up. Uh, she goes back. She does that re- refuels, and then she leaves. And then, um... You kind of get to another event where she, uh... Another dream sequence after that day kind of goes through because she's like... She stays at her friend's house, right? Uh, she's not at her friend's house yet. She like she sleeps one more time before she goes to a friend's house. Okay. Uh, to be honest, like I think maybe a yeah one more time. Was, she wakes up in the class. Uh, she right. like, has fallen she's, asleep, yeah. and like she wakes up in class, and the kids are like snickering. Uh, she's obviously going through shit. Uh, and then it's after she goes to the coffee shop. She talks with her friend. Talks to her friend, saying like, "You can come to my place on Thursday. I'll talk to my mom." And she's like, "Oh, you sure you can?" Her friend Zoe, and she's like, "Well, what are you gonna do between before before then?" She's like, uh, "I don't know. I'll figure it out." She sees in this coffee shop. She sees a flyer on the wall for a sleep study, earn twelve dollars an hour sleeping, and so she likes takes the little thing, uh, and that becomes relevant in a little while, and she more or less goes to meet with those folks right after school. I think. It happens, and she meets with them. They do a quick interview and talk about the study. What's that all about? It's a two-month study. Uh, she does some questions and answers. They just She just has to come at night. She sleeps, and they do a little interview in the morning, and that's it. They're just studying stuff. 
-hmm. And she's like, cool. They take some vitals, ask a couple questions. Uh, you know, have you ever done this or that? And she leaves, and she's not sure if she's going to be part of the study, but if she is, it'll start Monday. So she's still got to figure out the next couple of days. And so this is when then she stays with her friend seemingly the whole weekend because the next events that happen are, like, at the sleep study. At the sleep study, yeah. The next time right. we see her after the – she has another dream at a friend's house, and it goes right to her in the lobby with a couple other – um, sleep study participants yeah. and she's asking them questions and they're all yeah. just having a chat. Right. And so by this time, like there's been three dream sequences and each time, like as these come up, they get a little bit more and more volatile or in your face or the imagery is more visceral or the sound design is going to do things to heighten and kind of like, there's a lot of good scares in these dream sequences where like I, I was even on the second rewatch, I knew certain things were happening and I was still like, Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Like my heart starts yeah. racing. Yeah, they the, the, do an excellent job. Yeah, of basically to the to describe it, each one of these dream sequence, sequences is a very slow forward pan. That's all it is. It's just it's the same speed and it's just moving. And so what's happening is these images are coming in and then they're like maybe changing as they get closer and then they kind of fade out. And yeah. so so stuff that's very far away that might look like whatever by the time it gets to you it looks like something completely different and then you pass it and always with that shadow figure in the center at the end of the road and always when they hit the shadow figure she wakes up yeah uh and like weird stuff starts to happen like in the second dream like there's bodies like coming out of the walls that are just floating in there there's weird watery sounds and yeah. echoey sounds one time when she hits and, the sh shadow figure, it like looks like it's almost like a tree, like it's covered in bark, and it's almost like a. And when she hits it, it like it, all the bark like shatters off, and she wakes up. That was a pretty cool yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> scares it, dude. It scared the shit out of me when I was watching this the first time because oh yeah, you know I watched it dark room. I had my headphones on because I wanted to kind of be into it, and man, it just it it gets you every time. Yeah. This uh, is an extremely slow burn. Uh, atmospheric, by the way, um, for anybody who hasn't seen it. Lights off, sound loud. <laughs> yeah. So, um, before the beginning of her entering the sleep study, and so all that was the persona. Uh, now, as she enters the sleep study, before she starts actually doing the sleep study, uh, the second title card, uh, the anima and the animus. So again, for any of you Jungian psychology students, if you're into that, start looking into that, uh, and that'll explain some of the things they're going, if you want to. Not relevant for the layperson to, to do that. You don't have to. Uh, so yeah, she meets the other guys. There's four guys in the study. There's two girls. She's one of the girls. Um, those characters in the sleep study aren't super relevant Uh yeah, I, to find out they're just there. The two that are always there because they've done a ton of sleep studies. Um, they there's a scene with them later, so we'll just mention them now. Right. And then Emily, the other girl, we could mention because she's also yeah. kind of relevant. Um, right. But everybody else, not really. Right. They're just they're there. Uh, they hear about Dr. Meyer, uh, and more or less, uh, she's this is her first night. She's got to put on this suit. Which is a sweet suit. The whole design oh, yeah. here is really cool. It's just weird yeah. sci-fi type shit. Yeah. You know, like uh, like Tron type looking suit. Oh yeah. Uh, Definitely had a Tron feel. Um, I love all the how it's all just th you know 
like rope, rope, and then yeah, another like rope, rope and then another yeah. rope. Yeah, it's yeah, all over. like rope, but like we, like we, not weaved, but like. Did anyone do? Did you in together. high school? Did you? Did you do a coil pot in clay or ceramics class? Nah. So like that's that's like a form of ceramics. Like oh, you want to make a a teapot? Well, make a bunch of coil out of clay and then just like snake oh, it all around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then you tamp it all together. Yeah. It's like that's like how they design this, and it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, it it's looks just weird. It's yeah, it very eighties. The know? other thing I really liked, I love the eye patch. Like. Yeah, where, I, I've, ne- I've never seen something like that. Looks I know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, Halloween yeah. costume for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so they have the first night, and this is where Doctor Meyer is has a voiceover. He's talking to his scientists. So there's several uh, lab assistants that are at the study. Uh, like there's three assistants, and then there's Riff, who we'll find we'll learn about in a little bit, and then there's yep. Doctor Meyer, and Doctor Meyer's doing this voiceover talking about the stages of sleep. And stage one of sleep, where yeah, you can be awakened without difficulty, and if you are, you won't have felt as if you slept at all. Stage two, peaks and valleys of your brainwave, where there's tone and relaxation in your muscle groups, your temperature and your heart rate will start to decrease. Stage three and four, the delta, uh, slow wave. Uh, if you are woken up here, you have no idea where the hell you are. And this is now where you will start to begin to enter your REM cycle, uh, rapid eye movement, where you'll do all of your dreaming and your most deep sleep. And so you just kind of, and it's this is like a classic sort of like thing that occurs in certain films where there's like, there's music. And again, during all of these scenes, I don't think there's really hardly any part of this film where there isn't a soundtrack playing in the background. Right, right. Like I was noticing, I was watching, like the whole thing is like just constant cacophony of like synthetic music and movement of stuff you're always feeling stuff and there's moments in this film where it's using it in such a way that it is super super heightening the experience that you're having at least for myself it definitely did the emotional points in the film and like this is one of the moments where it's just cool where you're getting the exposition of what's going on you're she's having weird dreams there's gonna be a sleep study you don't know what to expect but you know that you're keyed up and you're excited with the way that they're giving the information yeah So okay. she wakes up. You don't have have a dream. She just wakes up as if it was good. So you're confused, and they do a quick interview. She's like, "Yeah, I feel great. This is awesome. Yeah, best uh, sleep I've ever had." Yeah, and she <laughs> she goes about her day. She's kind of like feeling it. Like I've got a place to sleep because I don't want to sleep at my mom's house. I can't always sleep at my friend's house. This is right. going to be a sweet deal for the next couple months. For whatever reason, this is her situation. Yeah, it's a two month long sleep value. study. So she feels like things are going good. Uh, She's now doing a little exploration in the town. She ignores a call from her mom. The phone and her connection with her phone are extremely relevant in this film with the events that are happening. Yeah. So you kind of pay attention to them. You know, 7-Eleven when she woke up there. Uh, and now her mom calling. Nope, not going to do it. She goes to a bookstore. And this is also a really cool reference. She's cycling through books and she picks up a Philip K. Dick book. And a guy in the background says, oh, have you read that? You're going to love that. And I'm like, that that's me talking to her because I love Philip K. Dick. And I think that a lot of what's in Philip K. Dick uh, stories is like what they're talking about in this film too. He references a couple of things, but he's like, yeah, he has a haunting sadness. Uh, and he's completely paranoid out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, and that was all true. Did you read any Philip K. Dick? No, no, I didn't. 
Uh, like the biggest stories or things that uh, Minority Report was Philip K. Dick. Um, okay. Total Recall, uh, which was called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, was a short story. Okay. Philip K. Dick. And uh, Blade Runner, which was based upon the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. I'm a huge Philip K. Dick. There's a lot of Philip K. Dick on the shelf behind me. Uh, but yes, it's hard to read because he is so insane. A Scanner Darkly. They did that rotoscope with Keanu Oh, and, yeah, sure, and, sure. Yeah. Well, I've seen a lot of the movies based on his work. <laughs> so my name for this guy, uh, I should. what's his, uh, this character Riff. played by Landon uh, LeBoyron? Uh, I, <laughs> I felt like an asshole, but it's funny because I called him not Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. He definitely, I thought it was Daniel Radcliffe for the first, like, 30 seconds of that sequence. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, holy shit! They got Danny Radcliffe to be in this movie. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so he, she's like, she's like, okay, cool about the book, and, yeah. and he's like, you should definitely buy it. Then she cut to her in the theater with her friend Zoe watching Night of the Living Dead, like we referenced earlier. Uh, and he comes in the theater and sits down in the theater in front of them, and she's like, wait, what's the guy like? What that's weird. Yeah. So when they leave, uh, he walks by him, and she's talking to her to Zoe, your friend. She's like, "Wait, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that guy. Let's go the other way." Like yeah. she's like questioning it. Uh, so then she's back to the sleep study, and we have another dream. Uh, this one I think is another scarier one though, uh, yep. where there's more bodies. This one's starting to utilize strobe lights that are happening in the dream, because yep. uh, that wasn't before. Now there's like some pulsating noises. And that's a lot of things, too. Like, the breathing and pulsing happens a ton of this. Uh, she wakes up, and this is where they give her that test. Uh, they give her, like, Rorschach-type things, but you just see little image cards. Right. And she doesn't know what these are. So the last card comes out, and it's uh, it's basically the shape, the man shape, mm-hmm. right? And she, yeah. she has, like, a seizure from yeah. seeing it. And, uh, you know, they like, get Riff immediately, so they have to get this guy, not Daniel Radcliffe, runs down the hall, runs in there. Uh, she, you know, kind of gets over it, but now she sees him. Yeah, she recognizes him. She's completely fucking... She, yeah, she's like, oh, no. No Now she's way. paranoid, like yeah. fucking Philip <laughs> yeah. K. Dick, yeah. and what he just said. So, was like, she's, like, been in. Yeah. So now they have to talk things through. Right. Well, uh, so so she doesn't bring it up in front of anyone. So they do they do get to have a private conversation, where she's like, "I'm fuck out of here," and he's like, "He's like, no, 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 please, 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 don't leave the study. Um, right. Don't let uh, my actions good. ruin the study. Right. Um, but it sort of just it just ends. There's no conclusion or finality. Yeah. Yeah. We she's just, just it's done. Yeah, so we now we go to the laundromat scene. Yes. This is the laundromat. This is where things start to bleed into real life. She's in the laundromat. Uh, and she's watching her laundry and you see her looking out the window and watching laundry uh, and you start to see a shape in gray in the background and like the music is heightening and everything uh, and the gets closer and then she kind of like looks and she connects with the eyes of the figure which you don't really see the figure you just see grayness yeah. behind her and then you see the POV of the, the figure and she has another one of those seizures where she's hiding, right. she's freaking out. And, and this time she she's like, out. this time she's almost like frozen in place, or her head is yeah. frozen in place, but her body is like moving all over the place, but her head's still. Yeah. And they're like, they're like strobing like red at it, and like a very cool effect uh, for this little freak yeah. out. 
And she gets snapped out of it by an old woman. Seemingly who's, blind. Yeah. Who's like, who's <laughs> yet, like the, yet says, <laughs> I just the, saw some boys going through your yeah. stuff. I think they took something. Of yeah, I think the boys, they took something from you and, and, and ran. Um, and she realized it's her phone. She says, oh, shit. She gets up. She runs outside. There's right. no one around. She doesn't know what to do. Right. Um, and, oh, but so what triggered her to have the, the seizure and see it, like, we see the presence occurring, but then, like, the phone rings, and she answers it and asks uh, Zoe, where are you at? Like, she thinks it's her friend Zoe. I don't remember if we saw it on the phone, but right. she asks for Zoe. There's no answer, and then she gets the trigger from the the shape that is seemingly in her, uh, in front of her in the laundromat. Right. Uh, and that is, uh, that's that. That's, like, the sixth kind of dream sequence interaction that you have with yeah. the shape. And so now, um, I think she 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 runs straight to where Zoe's work, right? Or no, or not I, not I'm, yet. I'm jumping ahead. All right. <clears throat> no, she now she's gonna head back that night to the sleep study, but she's waiting outside, and uh, Riff is coming in, right. and she says, "Hey, nerd," and yeah. she's like, "Use that term to him before." She's like, "You you, you probably were gonna do nerd shit. You were stalking <laughs> me like a nerd. You're yeah, I was gonna shit. thought I was you gonna be to... your nerd wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like just like being a dick." Uh, and she um, is more or less saying, like, you got to tell me what's going on with your study or I'm out. And right. he's like, I can't compromise the study. She's like, well, if I'm not fucking here, your, how's your study going to be compromised then? You won't have me as a, as a, a right. subject. So he relents and he takes her in. Uh, second movie poster and the only other movie poster. T2 is in the back of his office. Yeah. Cool little <laughs> nod and homage. Uh, and I saw at the end of the credits, they kind of give rights to those companies for letting them oh, for have that their image. Movie oh, posters. great. So, so it's kind of cool. Both Weekend at Bernie's and T. Because I imagine uh, Anthony Scott Burns is just kind of like, I'm into this shit, and I wanted it, and yeah. they let me. So that's pretty cool. Who isn't a T2 uh, fan? So, who isn't? Oh, who, who isn't? isn't? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't. I was like, you know he isn't? <laughs> uh, uh, so also, th- at, so, at some point yeah. here, did we miss the third title card? Uh, no, it's no, coming it's, up. It's, it's coming right up. Okay. Yeah. So this is where they have a moment where now Riff is going to explain what's happening. So here's the world we're in with this sleep study. Uh, there was a guy that came out with technology that could take what uh, your eyes are seeing, wearing certain technology, and transmit it through cables into a computer screen that pieces it together into a visual representation of what your eyes are seeing. So just from your brain waves, he can now create an image. And so Riff's character says, when I found this out, I thought, well, what more could we do? Right. And she's listening to him, and they're kind of like vibing on this whole idea where she's like, you're watching our dreams? And she's sort of taken aback. Yeah. She doesn't like this idea. This is intrusive. But he's like, yes, that's what we're doing. And so... He's like, I can't show you your dream because we clearly found out what happens when you steal images of your dream. So I can't show you, but I can show you someone else's. And so he shows someone else's, and he and he's like, they're looking at the waves as you're falling asleep, and like there's these geometric patterns. They use a different word. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Uh, and like they're both into it. She's like, it's beautiful. He thinks it's beautiful, and you can see her kind of like showing interest almost to in him and how his he's got this passion for this, and. Uh, so they watch a dream of one or another subject, 
and she's like, he's like, oh, I think he has a, a bad dream, a scary one, right away. Uh, yeah. So we might have to cut this off quick. And like, yeah, it's a freaky fucking dream where it's like similar type aesthetic, but this one's like going up platforms, and then you see kids' toys, tricycle, music yeah. box, blocks, and, it, and you hear the cranking, like, like a jack in a box. Yeah. But but yeah, you don't see it. It turns <laughs> to, <laughs> and a, it's... to a face, and he cuts it off right there. Yeah, he, he, yeah. So. Um, so assume the face was the figure. They've right. not they've not gotten that close to it before. Right. It was right in the face. Uh, yeah. Now we are into the third portion of the film. Uh, this is the next title card: The Shadow. The Shadow. Yes. Uh, and this is a uh, this is where it like obviously the movie's interesting and there's a lot of cool things happening. This is where the the scare I think starts to elevate. And it oh, for to, sure. Yeah, it starts to get really tense. I love the the five screen thing that's about to happen. I'll let you continue. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is where, um, yeah, where more or less this is where she's going to have an issue. There's a lot that happens right here. This is really what triggers it off, and then we kind of jump into the the fourth title card yep. relatively quickly after this. Uh, so this the shadow. Uh, She's relented. She's, he shared. He's like, I held up my end. Are you going to hold up your end? Are you going to continue to study? She says yes. Right. Uh, so we're now going back to bed. And now he is in the room with the other assistants. He used to watch like separately with, from the assistants, but now he's in the room. All the assistants are in the room, and they're all watching it together. And they're seeing everyone go through this. And they're watching the dream in real time. And this is where now all four of the remaining sleep study people, because Emily's left, we didn't talk about that, but she left, and yeah. it kind of got Sarah freaked out because yeah. she was like, what happened to her? It's, you did something to her? She thought yeah. something was wrong. It's like builds her paranoia. It was like the first, yeah. I think, incident that kind of yeah. like triggered her off to like, oh, that's some weird right. shit. Yeah. And, they, and they're like, they're like because for them, too, it's just the normal sleep study. They're like, this just happens. Like, people don't care. It's $12 yeah. an hour, and like, it's not for some. Like, yeah. Some people don't aren't used to sleeping in front of someone else and all this other shit. Right. So whatever. So, uh... So there's just four people left, and so on the monitors, uh, you see the four dreams that are happening, and then you see two dead cameras, and you see the 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 surveillance cameras of the rooms, what's going on in the rooms. Uh, and during this dream, all four of them are starting to have the same dream. Right. The same, the, it hovers where it's all the shape with the eyes. Yeah. And, he, and she's like, she's like, it's happening again, get Riff in here. Or or Riff's already in there, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, um, and they're but they're they're watching and watching. Uh, and Sarah starts to have a uh, a reaction. Uh, she's convulsing in the bed, similar almost to what was happening at the laundromat—a seizure yeah. of sorts, convulsing, convulsing, convulsing. Uh, and she wakes up gasping for air. Because in it, but they're all seeing the same thing. It's just figure, but hers is like she's freaking out, paranoid. Right. She wakes up. They send Anita, who's one of the assistants in, uh, and she tells her that this she's she's fucking done. Yeah, like she's I'm out of here. She's oh. like Anita's like, You had a bad dream. She's like, Yeah, I fucking know. <laughs> yeah. I uh, also the image on all the monitors um leading up to this what at like for a long time too, like the dream type of sequence stops and it was kind of just locked on the sh on the shadow figure yeah um he's like which... just for front and center like we yeah. are right here and then and, just and there it, it, like and that's when the seizure started is when they were all just looking at that 
Yeah. It's like they're all having the same dream of the same thing at the same time. And you're, and again, as a viewer, you're like wondering what is going on here because, like, you know, this could be is this paranormal stuff? Is this an actual thing? Is this a possession thing? Like, there's all kinds of potentials. But I'm not even really worried or concerned in thinking about the what ifs. I'm just experiencing it because it's all happening so quickly. This movie, this is like gas the whole way. Yeah. Uh, even if it is a slow burn, it's all happening and it's all moving pretty rapidly. So she freaks out and she gets the fuck out. She runs out uh, and Riff is like, I got to chase her down. Like right. She can't just leave. Uh, her eyes bleeding. Yep. She's got blood in her eye and she sees Riff. She's like, I'm out of here. So she runs off. Uh, she's got her, her bike and uh, Riff is going to go chase her. So then he's like, you got to cover for me. Don't do anything. Just cover right. with Dr. Meyer. He'll be there too. We'll figure it out. Right. Uh, and so she escapes. She runs to, this is what you were mentioning earlier, yeah, Zoe's the, club. Zoe's club, yeah. I don't know what Zoe's doing here. If she works there, dances there. Uh, uh, who knows? Just goes to the club. The All, uh, all we know is the bouncer knows her. Yeah, <laughs> by, the bouncer knows name. her. By name. Yeah. And uh, so Riff happens to see her locking her bike up on a fence uh, after looking for her. And so he parks. She, Zoe goes, uh, Sarah goes into the club and, and Riff follows her. And so other events are happening at the same time now. He's looking for her. And back at the sleep study is where shit's really going. Right. So the two that have been there the longest are kind of, uh, their their eyes are open now. And they're experiencing yeah. they're experiencing some kind of sleep paralysis, um, yeah. Where they're they're both looking, they're, so one's looking to the slightly to the right, and the other one's looking slightly to the left. But they're both looking at the same figure, the the shadow figure with the with the glowing eyes is has, is also now moved so that it is in the same spot on both of their cameras, and. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a singular figure now. They're both definitely looking at it, and it's escalating. It's escalating. What's going on? Everybody's freaking out. Where's Riff? Meyer's on his way. Um, yeah. Cuts back to the to the club. Sarah's freaking out. Can't find Zoe. She goes into the bathroom. She pukes. Uh, Riff's mm-hmm. go. Riff's now in there looking for her. He gets to the bathroom. He finds her. He picks her up. Takes her out of there. The bouncer's like, "Hey, is she okay?" And he just keeps running. Um, uh, and so Meyer shows up and he's like, what's going on? Cause everything's still heightened. And now he's watching, he's glued to the screen. Yeah. Uh, they sent in the one guy to fuss with the wires. Cause the signals weren't going like, yeah, the dude's walking into the room and I'm like, Jesus, you're going to walk through this fucking thing. The figure. Yeah. Uh, like what, how are you even doing this? So two assistants are still with Meyer in the room. The other guy's going in to fuss with the wires to make sure that the signal, cause they were saying it was weakening. Uh, and Dr. Meyer, you hear him talking, like, he's like, everyone's wondered what this is. We have this primal connection, this this unified fear. Uh, uh, this icon has been in, in human history. It's like always shows up. Every and you're dream. like thinking about it. And you're trying to understand it. And it's just, it's building, building, building to a crescendo um, where the eyes are still there. Uh, and then more or less... Both dudes sit upright in the bed. And their the eyes are white. Eyes are white, like yeah. they're like just been locked and staring. And um, the power 
surges or blows the the feeds shut down shut like down. they jerk yep. up and like it just like it's like fade to black type thing like just shocks and and it's done like you see dr myers like watching like he's like i don't know what happened like like re- watching it yeah uh now concluding with the final title card uh of this uh young yin psychology and this is the self the self and so we come back to riff's apartment where uh the super sweet eye patch is on Sarah. Um, yeah. And she wakes yeah, she, up. <clears throat> she wakes up again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she doesn't where she at, but she knows she has the eye patch. I think she goes to the bathroom and she looks at herself in the mirror. Yep. And she takes it off uh, and her eye is brown and right. kind of bloodshot. Yep. And so she's like, uh, oh shit. Cause yep. her eyes are blue. This eye is now brown. So she's got a David Bowie thing going puts it back on and she starts to explore his apartment. Right. Where he uh you know, he explains some things to her and No, not not yet. Oh no, not, not yet. yet. Oh, well, I'll just let you go then. Shit. Okay. I'm sorry. I look like Oh, hey, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> okay. You, you okay. watched it twice, and I watched it once. It's fuck, yeah. I know. So it, she wakes she sees that and now she's like going into the room and he's got uh monitoring devices just like they have at the lab and they're draped in uh in plastic. Right. Oh, he's on it. And she's he's on it. His he's asleep. Right. He, she goes in and she looks around the corner and sees him strapped to his bed with pillows taped to the headboard and his, his helmet is on and she looks at the feed and it's going to these monitors. So she takes the plastic off and she's like, well, I'm going to perv on his dreams. I want to see what he's dreaming of. And so she sees this dream and this is a very important dream that he's having. Uh, she sees it, and like the way that this is shot too, she's not just watching it. You, it kind of like gets you into, as if you were in that dream, but it's in the same kind of visual representation that they use with all the other um, videos of the dreams, not like her dreams that she has that are like black and white for the most part. Uh, yeah, I think almost all are black and white that she has. This one is like the digital representation where she sees, uh, hey, what he's dreaming. He's dreaming of driving. He looks over at the passenger seat and she's with him. Uh, and then it's like a dream, so things don't really make sense. Now we're going to see them. They're both wearing sunglasses. Uh, and she's got blood on her face. He looks into the sunglasses. He sees his reflection. He smiles. He's got fangs. The camera peels back. She's got fangs. They're smiling. They're kissing. Uh and that dream concludes, and now it gets to a key. He, like, is, uh, his eyes are open now, and he's seeing the foot of his bed. He's still asleep. It's the sleep paralysis thing, the same guys that the guys were having. He sees his feet, he sees the figure, and she's like, what? Because it's, like, right around the corner to her. She's like, what the hell is going on? And the figure is getting closer to him, so she runs in to wake him up. And, uh, it takes a long time to get him up, and he freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Screams, uh, out of this dream. And, uh, because it's like the doctor said, you know, no idea where you're at it's like that, that that's what's happening yep. and uh so he um he wakes up and then they go to have coffee where they start to talk a little bit more um and her eye is normal now she yep. checks in the bathroom she takes off the patch her eyes are blue again that part i haven't pieced together like if there's significance there or what the hell doesn't really matter uh but he explains the name uh why riff because now they had coffee and they're sort of like giving a look 
you know? Oh, because she says, I, I and she's, they're in the car now. She asks why Riff, and he talks, it's a Rocky Horror reference. Rocky Horror reference, yeah. Because Riff Raff, and he is Dr. Myers' uh, Igor. Right. And she says, I saw your dream. And he's like, oh, shit. That was a dream where we were making out. Uh, and so then it goes back. Well, and... she she also so she we know from the beginning that she's a high schooler. She there's like right. an awkward oh there's like an awkward <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like an awkward He's silence, like, and she goes. He he acknowledges <laughs> because she understands Rocky Horror and the reference and the gift she gets it. He's like, that's smart for your age. Yeah, and he just she just goes, I'm 18. <laughs> and so that it just that's just hanging in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Like and but that's the cool thing because like I'm sure you've been in relationships where there's like certain things that once they're spoken it kind of uh, is meant to convey that there is interest from one party whether it's you or the person you're talking to and sure. like that emotion like the heart the heart your heart's racing you hope that they understand the way you meant it or you're questioning if you're interpreting it the right way that that they meant it so it's like that childish type thing for me that feeling uh, connected and so. Uh, Unlike when that would happen to me in the past, this film, that event occurs, and now jump to them having sex immediately after, which never happened for me during those moments. <laughs> They're having sex, uh, <laughs> and it, this is a creepy scene. Do you remember what happens when they're starting to have sex? <laughs> the first they're time? They're starting to, no. Well, they're having sex. He's like, he's, he's thrusting in her, and she's like into it, and they're like yeah. locking eyes and locking eyes. And then she starts to see the figures behind him. Oh, right, 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 right. And he's, like, thinking she's into it, but then she starts looking and freaking out. she's getting scared, yeah. And then she kind of, like, seizures up for, like, a half a second, and then she, she like, passes out, and he's still going for a minute. And, like, the sound quiets down, so you just hear this, like, weird noise of him having sex with her and her not responding. And then he stops, he's like... And he freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he takes her to the hospital. Right. And we're we're winding down here, but now we're like at the very last oh, page. Oh yeah, of yeah, definitely. Well, takes to the okay. hospital. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. All right, so you're right, so they're at the hospital. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I think he does. He calls Anita for help, or he waits. He doesn't call Anita quite yet. Right, not uh, yet. She does. There's tests. Uh, they do the MRI. Right. All that he, shit happens. He's trying to like find out what's going on. He's asking the doctors questions, and then he goes up to to see her and there's no doctors no nurses he goes into the room she's not there he goes back down he goes to the a nurse's station on a floor beneath it he's like where's the patient in this room there's no doctors or nurses up there she's like well check with one of them there's no doctors or nurses up there and yeah. then like some orderly just happens to walk by and she's like hey guy go upstairs it's a security and, guy yeah yeah go because he, go he, he's He's fucking screaming, so the security guy comes out. He's like, "All right, what's? I'm gonna quiet this fucking dude down if yeah. I have to." So yeah, the the guy, the girl sends him up to go take a look, right? And that gives him the opportunity to peek in and see that there's cameras. Right, right, and she's and he he sees her standing somewhere in her gown, walking, and she's sleepwalking. Yes, and she's, she's... but she's got the white eyes from the uh, the scene previous or. A few scenes previous with the with the two the other two guys. Yeah, so he she's, calls she's he calls, yeah. he calls Anita, who wants nothing to fucking do with Riff's like <laughs> side project, and 
we don't really know what he's asking for, but she shows up anyway. And the next scene, he says to bring the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the next scene, he, they're walking behind, like five feet behind her, holding a portable version of these monitors, and she's got this thing attached to her head. And they're in the middle of the road, and yeah. it's, and it's pitch dark, and they're just following, having this freak out, freaked out conversation because he's got to try to calm Anita down because he needs this data. Like she. As far as he's concerned, she's the most important subject who's ever walked into the sleep study, right? Yes, yeah. And they're just uh, so walking. yeah, they're following and following. Uh, and Anita's like, "What's the plan here?" And he's like, uh, "And she's like, just to wake her up at the height of her nightmare. Like that's what they're right. gonna do. They're gonna wake her up at the height of her nightmare." He says uh, that the reaction is to whenever you're threatened uh, with bodily injury or harm during a nightmare. Uh, that's where you're going to be woken up or you can be woken up because your body naturally wants to escape that that's, dangerous situation. So right. that's when you can wake them up. So that's his plan to wait until they see on the screen that she's having this yeah. heightened nightmare where the figures go to touch her. That's when they'll wake her up. And she's like, that's the plan. That sounds pretty fucking crazy, but that's right. She, cause she's like, what if that doesn't work? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and he says, she's going to go somewhere familiar. It's, it should be fine. Right. Uh, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking terrifying because, like, yeah, she's just walking the streets and like you're like, okay, this is really uncomfortable. It's nighttime. It's middle of the fucking night. Right. Uh, and they're just walking. I'm sort of scared of the dark as is. Now they get to the point where she's like, she starts to turn off yeah. the road, off the road, yeah, into a culvert and then into the woods. Yep. And I'm like, fuck that, yeah, dude. They're just they're just following <laughs> her, just watching and. The, the visuals on the monitor, uh, you know, obviously the creepiest that they've ever been, right? Like at this point. Um, yeah, she's seen just, just crazy stuff. We're not getting the cool slow pan, like black and white sequences from earlier, we're, but we're only getting it on the monitor. But it's still it's still very cool. Yeah, and this is now there's a path in the woods, and this is where they're walking, and they see on the monitor there are several figures. Right. There's figures with the eyes on flanking this path. Yeah. Uh, like, and there's like, dozens of them. Yeah, right where the trees are, right? Yeah. Um, and they come to a clearing, and at the end of this clearing is this citadel. Yeah, at least in the dream. In the, in the, the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they get closer, and it gets bigger and bigger. And as they get closer, there's this beam of light coming right down the center of it. And she's just like uh, wa- walking into this beam of light. Right. And uh, all around, uh, I think the figures are here too. And you've got the ziggurat and the beam of light. Right. Um, uh, they're in the field. A phone rings. A phone rings. It's, and and uh, Riff. Riff hands the Riff thing to Anita goes, and runs goes, over yep, to it. To find the phone. Uh, he looks at the phone and says, unknown caller. He swipes to answer. And this causes the cataclysm to occur, like where she screams in agony as because she right. comes through the doorway on the ziggurat. The white light envelops her, She but she like arches her back and falls to her knees and screams in pain but she's woken up there's nothing on the phone the phone's right. gone like there's no call or anything there and he goes over to help her and she like she comes to right uh and she's like that's my phone <laughs> <laughs> right uh yeah wakes up when they say and so now they're like walking back thinking this is concluded she's snapped out of whatever and right things out now the dream the nightmare the issue is over 
Because, again, she hasn't been awake since they were having sex right. in his apartment. Right. Uh, so they're walking back on the path, and Nita's like, is this the, even the right path? So, uh, so, so, hold on. She she did say it was her phone, and he did say right. something about familiar place uh, here again. And she says, "I've never been here before." Like, right. She lost her phone. She yeah. she's the blind lady said some boys stole your phone, yeah. or some boys stole something from your pocket. And then she lost it. And she hasn't had it for like a couple of days now. Before and also before the walk back, she does look at it, and she looks at the time, and the time glitches out. And this is important. And we'll mention why in a moment. Um, yeah. If, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Um, um, they're on their way back. Uh, and uh, they're on the path. <laughs> and they start to see the eyes of the figure in real life yes. in the woods. Right. They and see then, several sets of eyes. And they start to close in. And as they close in, they just now they're running. They're just booking it. Yeah. They had to Anita, say to run. Anita falls behind. She screams and gets pulled back. Yep. Um, they keep running out. They keep running. He he catches up to her. They but then he starts to slow down and fall back, and then pff, he gets pulled out. And now she's yep. running alone for a bit, but then she just stops. Yeah. Because I, you know, and... what's what's the point at this at this juncture? Yeah. Uh, she turns around to kind of face whatever it is coming at her. Mm-hmm. And she sees the she and then she's locked on. She sees the eyes. The eyes get closer and closer, and then it kind of like zooms in and like, yep, pop cut, cuts out and to her awake her. now. But she's got she's, some like blood splatter on her. Blood splatter on her, and she's like looking straight ahead. Yeah. And then you don't know what she's looking at, but she's looking. She's confused at first, and yep. then you she pans to what she's just done. She Go yeah. Ahead. So so now she's. She's nude and riding a naked riff, but she's got her thumbs in both eye holes, and he and he's just he's just dead. He's, he's dead. <laughs> Zed's dead, babe. Yeah, Zed's dead. Um, so she gets up. Uh, she gets up. She to the same spot that she woke up earlier. Whenever she was staying at his place, not his bed, because she walks out. His monitors are still covered in plastic. Yep. And she goes to the bar or to the bathroom, rather. Yeah. And she looks at herself in the mirror, and uh, she just sees the blood. There's really bright color. This is more colorful shot than more than seen before. Like it seems really natural. Uh, it doesn't have yeah. the same kind of tones and night type looks. Yeah. She washes her hands because obviously she just, you know, her thumbs are a little wet. Um. She and then she she gets a text. There's message. a. She right. gets a text message and it yeah. says incoming incoming image. She looks at it. You don't see it yet. She yeah. looks at it and then she puts it down and she now she's reacting to herself in the mirror and she starts to have an expression which this is another thing where we can interpret what she's feeling here because she it's sort of uh, not cemented one way or another. There's because she, I say, like there seems to be like a sense of, of relief, but of concern or yeah. sadness. Like there's right. all kinds of certain emotions. She slowly starts to see herself and like then smile, and she sees she has fangs. She sees that she has the fangs, right? Uh, and she starts and, to kind of laugh almost. Yeah, at that then, point. And then we get a slow pan down to the to the phone, where it says, "Did you do you got it verbatim, or are we going to paraphrase?" I don't have a verbatim. It's not okay. necessary. But the, I have the points more or less. Um, sure. You've been in a coma for 
for 20 years. We're trying yes. a new technique. Mm-hmm. Wake, please wake up. We're, we're, we're not sure where this we're will not find sure you this, in your yeah. dream. Yeah. Please wake up. Please wake up. Um, and that's and... it. Credits. Yeah. All right. Now, when she looked at her phone in the in the field and the time glitched out, now they say this that this is you, another meeting. Yeah, they say that you can't uh, tell time or a date in a in a dream. Like your your that part of your brain doesn't process um, when you're dreaming, and so we she was obviously dreaming. We knew she was dreaming at that point anyway. Um, but we didn't know she we, she was locked in any kind of dream loop or dream state, right? We just thought it was random dreams here and there. Um, so, so the big the big mystery I think for me in this movie is when did she go in the coma? Right. Did she go in the coma so, when she got brought to the hospital by Riff, or was it so, earlier? Now, so okay, right as soon as the when it when the film finished, yeah. what were you most filled with in that moment? As far as were you left reeling? Were you left confused and annoyed? Were you left excited? Like what the fuck? Like uh, what what emotions did you have? My first emotion, and, and you're I know you're gonna hate it, is <laughs> is uh is oh they could have ended that better. Okay, <laughs> uh, I don't hate it. I, I, I've, you know, as a writer in my teens and early twenties, I, the, you know, the, the never ending coma cycle is, is something that I, that I've even written a few times and I've read it a few times and I've seen it a few times and, and, uh, you know, okay. That's fair. And I, I, I don't think I felt something dissimilar because I also, I was like, the, the vampire like the the vampire stuff that's that's <laughs> real now like and i was like and then i started to think but it, like it kind of for me it was like i was almost crestfallen but like yeah. like wait what and, yeah. the, and it left me like wanting more sort of like yeah. the, the top the top right. at the end of inception right. where i'm like wait what the, what the fuck and now i like so, it just and for me i just i the floodgates yeah. open and i started like i have to know more and see more right right so the next level uh, after you peel that first initial thought back was was uh i remember before the reveal of of oh it's a third dream within a dream dream within a dream dream within a dream dream oh so three dreams within dreams oh oh, okay so then they give the then they give you the um the coma reveal and so the next feeling i had was well where's the sequel all right well you know they gotta they gotta go get her out of the coma that she's in <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but that's the that's the the trauma of it and the the horror of it the unresolved nature that like she is lost she's not a, the, yeah she's not 18 year old girl ne- anymore she's a 38 year old woman in a bed the 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 and the thing to answer your question when did she enter the coma she was in a coma before this movie started before the movie started right and and everything that's happening everything are in her mind these are all dreams just where she's at in her head so then why does her watch say 7-eleven if they're going to distort the time later so the thing that i didn't see which i came to find out later is that there was 
she asks what time is it when a, a uh, few times and they don't answer her right at the ve- at the very end and you see on his watch and the and the time it says uh 1001 and like digitally i think even on the phone it might have said it um after the call when they're walking back and she uh she's like wait what time is it mm-hmm. it says 1001 and that has a meaning but that doesn't matter uh i can't remember why i was fucking referencing that but um the time thing, I think they show just because they have meaning. Like seven eleven has meaning and ten oh one has meaning. Right. So uh, so instead of uh instead of uh necessarily the time being distorted for any good reason, it's like your right. brain your brain just puts numbers on there that sure. has a, that has some arbitrary meaning. Right. Yeah, and that and that's all that's there. And if if for a viewer that wants to learn about the meanings of what those things mean, it's there and it's fun little Easter egg to learn about. And we don't have to digress into them. Right. But th- if you look at the film and the way the events that are happening, it all kind of makes sense. Like the relationship with the mother. The mother's at the beginning. You know, this is during the persona thing. And the idea with the persona, with Jungian psychology, uh, this is how you present yourself to others. This is how you want to be perceived. Right. The face that you put on, you know. 1001 means... Is- uh, like, that yeah. that the guardian angels are trying to communicate with you because they feel right. like you need help with some issue you're currently having, and the guardian right. angel here is like is the the sleep study team. The, yeah, the people that are outside of her coma trying right. to elicit the response, and so that's the other thing. Everyone that's in here, most importantly, Riff, uh, who also said his name was Jeremy. I don't think they ever well, I would right. really say he just uses his own name. Right. Uh, to me, like, is either boyfriend husband significant well probably boyfriend if it's been 20 years and she remembers herself right. or she's seeing herself as a kid she's probably younger sure probably like a boyfriend but he's important to her in a romantic type way and this is how he is presented in this new dream world that she's in or this version of her dream world right and so that's why he has significance and so like the mother exists but it's like she's avoiding the mother it's like her dream is she's trying to her coma's trying to keep her in the coma and doesn't want to interact with the mother and right. so that explains why she's not sure. interacting with the mother that yeah that makes sense there's and like and so then his all the things that happen with the phone is like when things trigger or the heighten it's like that's the way that they're communicating to her or trying to reach out right. through the sleep study and probably so, in a way similar yeah. to what she's going through and in the, the dream sleep study the coma steals her phone so that she doesn't have access to it right right uh, like, it's like, they, and, like it is an entity yeah uh and the the shadow figure is just like it's just a general a, a vague like representation of, of the darkness or of of fear and right uh Def- the, the yeah, evil. definitely just wants to keep her there, keep her uh, mm-hmm. trapped. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, man, like everything about how we can piece it together, and we could talk for another, you know, couple hours about just all of the shit that's going on in there, right. how the way it's done. Uh, dude, I don't know for you, the one scene also, this happened. There was one of the dream sequences the one that happens when he's in the hospital with her, he falls asleep next to her bed, and that's when he sees that she's gone. Uh, he wakes up. The dream he has, it goes down to a hall, and then it's just a dark hall. Uh, you know, it's the normal dream with the, the pan shot. Yeah. But then you hear bare feet on, like, cold cement. Right, right. Do you remember, do you remember yeah. the feet slapping? Yeah, And yeah. then you see, like, a quick 
flash of like a weird fucking leg creature. Yeah. And then you, the, then you hear, oh. you hear yeah. running, 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 running closer, and it's disgusting. It's just legs with legs. With legs. I love that leg creature. That was great. That was definitely one of the Terrified best. Me, one dude. of the best moments of the film was the leg creature. Oh. I really enjoyed oh, that. Oh man. <laughs> Stuff of nightmares, like oh and, yeah, uh, oh yeah, Christ. So, have to give a shout out to uh, Electric Youth is the name of the uh, the the group that does a couple of the tracks that they have a version specifically altered for the film. Okay, uh, they're referenced. Uh, so I I'm, I haven't downloaded their shit yet, but I'm gonna because if they wrote those the two like the the more lyrical versions, yeah, songs, yeah. Where Oh, that one, that one song was great. It was song oh, was yeah, great. dude. Yeah. Sounded, like, it re- it very, yeah, definitely reminded me of, like, Kavinsky, right? With the female oh, singer. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really good I was stuff. like, yeah. and, like, Drive. I was thinking about Drive. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> definitely. All right, uh, Come True. Um, eight out of ten. Definitely. Yeah, Solid for me, eight. it's probably getting into a nine. I'm going to yeah, want right. to see this again. When I'm in the vibe, I'm going to want to fucking feel this. Like, for me, it's, yeah. it's there's nothing I would say negative. Like, it's a nine. Like, yeah. it, nothing could be a ten. Few yeah. things are ever a ten. Yeah. For me, it's a nine. That could change in years. You know, I might feel differently. But right now, in this moment in my life, it, right. I love this film. It's just yeah. the aesthetic. I mean, look at the fucking room. I'm in. Like, I feel these oh, things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, when I when I do my art with all the teas that I make, like I put on synth now. Oh sure. Like, and I just the scenes in Fresh with uh, animatronic and, and Obsession, uh, that song, like all of those songs, it, it's great. Duran yeah. Duran, Depeche Mode, everything. <laughs> all right. So yeah. <laughs> Erasure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate you humoring me because I mentioned this a while ago. Glad that we got to talk about this sucks that no, it's a year I, late because it came out last year but still uh this movie was fantastic i i cannot i wouldn't blame anyone for making me watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> um i would i wish i got to watch it under less duress uh i watched yeah. it t- i watched it today uh i was interrupted by like three phone calls um i had a i had like a 90 minute zoom meeting after the movie and i was literally like turning it off and opening the zoom <laughs> channel simultaneously so i was like like I yeah, didn't get to process it at all. I was right into a meeting. Um, even so, uh, I loved it. Excellent performances from everybody, especially uh, Julia Sarah Stone. She she rocked it. Um, yeah, I will I will watch this again. I will recommend this to everyone. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, do you want to do a quick preview of next week? Do we know? Yeah, yeah. I think we know. I think uh, we're gonna right. check. We're we're gonna check out X. Everybody's talking about it. It hits theaters in both of our towns, thankfully. Or no, it hits here in my town, which is weird. You got to drive for this one. Yeah, like fifteen uh, minutes. Oh, okay. All right. Um, this weekend, and then um, because it's about a porno film, uh, we're gonna watch porno, which is about watching a porno film <laughs> uh and that's uh that's exclusive to shutter just hit shutter i don't know maybe in the last month um so you know trying to stay new trying to only watch new stuff as we move forward and um yeah x and porno should be should be it'll be a, a cool nice... pairing i think yeah yeah i think yeah the uh the connection is obvious uh on this one not not so subtle 
Yeah, and uh, so I'm going to be going to see X uh, probably Thursday. I've got my kids this weekend, and I'm probably not going to find time yeah. to do it before we talk. So, uh, But I'm also taking uh, my wife, Sarah, who is not the hugest of horror fans. I actually kind of not that into it. Whoops. And so, like, I know that this is going to be kind of, like, pinnacle... From the vibes that I hear, this is gonna be this is gonna be yeah. A... This is gonna be tough for you. This is like a this <laughs> yeah. is like a Evil Dead remake level body count as far yeah. as I've heard, and it even so... has the guy from the Evil Dead remake in it. He plays the cameraman, I think, or maybe the director. I, there's a still of him carrying so... the camera. That dude with the big uh, glasses, the aviator glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like um... kind of told I was like, look, babe, like. Uh... I don't know. Uh, if you want to do something else, that's cool. Like, you don't have to see this with me. Because, like, I don't want to be responsible for whatever no. might happen to her. Because, you know, certain people aren't prepared for certain horrors. Like, especially, like, you know, French body horror. Uh, oh, yeah. No way. Dude, uh, my brother took a girl to see the Evil Dead remake. It's funny that I'm bringing it up again. <laughs> and she walked out during the tree rape. Like... <laughs> Some people yeah. can't. Some people just can't handle it. Like, I mean, I mean not, yeah. Not that I want to see someone get raped by a tree, but I, I, I can, I can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because we've committed, like, because the feelings you're gonna get, like, that's it's meant to happen. Yeah, it's it's meant to elicit a reaction, and it does. Um, uh, the only other film that just came out with South by Southwest that I know I, I mentioned it briefly, and it has those kinds of reactions uh and i don't know anything else i just know super shocking big reactions upsetting uh and it was called uh soft and quiet oh yeah no soft and quiet looks great also man i don't know why people feel that way but it was like super 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 oh my god i like people that are huge horror fans are saying that that was difficult (laughs) you're right people that I've heard people a lot that about watch that. films and review things, these things, like they Hold say, on. like that was difficult. Yeah, I, I, I heard that too. That's definitely on my list. But yeah. also one, one new one also just landed, bitch ass. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that briefly. I yes. heard about that one. Bitch ass. This is uh, getting all sorts of, of like acclaim right now. Yeah. Um, so I... all that we're hoping is that these things hit a streaming platform that we can access because. Like, that's what's frustrating. Films that came out in 2019 at Sundance or other film festivals are only just now hitting a streaming service that is broadly accessible. And so I'm hoping that it doesn't happen with these films because these seem so exciting. And we're obviously not a an affiliate of any kind of place that's going to be like, hey, Nate and Rod want to talk about our film. We got to send them a screener <laughs> copy, guys. Yeah. but We're not you... there yet. We're going to yeah. be. But yeah. we're not yet. If anybody who can do that is watching, you should do that. Yes. <laughs> Send us help screeners. Us we, help you. We will not pirate your movie. We promise. Um, Shit, no. This is for us, and this is for us to have this conversation right. to to build a community, to heighten uh, the engagement that people have, because now we have an audience of others that are into it, this or not. And again, we, we still have yet to have a guest. We are working on acquiring a guest, um, whether it's people that we know or people that we found through social media doing this, that we uh, have a similar affinity for talking all things horror. Yes. So, all right. We're working on it. There's a lot coming up. Yeah, we got a lot coming up. Um, oh, after X and, um, and Porno, I believe we had paired 
Uh, we have we we got our hands on Studio Six Six Six. Right. Thanks to no one uh, <laughs> for not sending <laughs> us the trailer. So, uh, did we figure out the horror comedy we were gonna pair that with, or are we we're just looking not for a, we're looking for yet. a pair for you? Yeah, we don't have the second movie, but so in two weeks we'll definitely have a horror comedy episode. It'll be a nice break from all this heavy shit, man. It's been a heavy couple weeks. Yeah, it has been. Uh, what was the last horror comedy? That we did? Well, I mean, I guess yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I guess that sixty first and uh, and fresh had a lot of comedic elements, but you know, sure, not... sure. Sixty first was still like oh, so hard to talk about all the Epstein shit. <laughs> Yeah, Christ. <laughs> Pretentious fucking movie, dude. Sorry, yeah, guys. It was it was I hey, look, was I, I was in grad school once too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're like older than us and like <laughs> No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and, we'll yeah. find one. We don't have it yet, though. And we'd love to have bitch ass and soft and quiet on, on our list, but we need Fuck someone yeah, to send them to us. Um, Tony Todd is in Bitch Ass. Uh, and, oh uh, shit, dude! And, and Soft and Quiet looks like um, looks like one of those maybe like torture porn movies potentially, but the but it's ni- it's ninety one minutes and it plays out in real time. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing I saw. <laughs> yeah. So so, so whatever <laughs> these people are going through. You're gonna literally go through it with them without without time changes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's ex- that's super exciting. Also written and directed by the same person, so you you know that they had a vision. Uh, also woman led. Beth Day. I'm not even gonna try to butcher that last name. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Nah, not gonna be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Uh, so like Gala it's just Nokus. there's. A, Dude, there's been a ton of female-led horror that's been coming out lately. I'm all for it. Uh, uh, queer horror, female horror, there's been a shit ton of good horror that are coming out. And it's awesome because clearly those are voices that have been underrepresented. Yeah. And the fact that they have a better streaming platform, like whether it's Shudder. Tubi, we got to get into Tubi. There's some things that are on Tubi, apparently. All right, we got to right. start getting into Tubi. I'm all for horror. The more horror, the better. It's the, it, we, we looked at that those statistics. It's the highest growth genre of media right now yeah um and obviously for a reason like we've all been in our houses for two years and we need some fucking release <laughs> yeah process so. and stuff like uh, yeah like it, it's the genre it it hits all of the elements uh obviously there's horror that's just horror it's just meant to cater to the horror crowd that knows the kind of stuff but there's so many dramatic and comedic elements that are thrown into these films it serves more attention it's yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Crit- critically, but whatever. Abs- absolutely, and that's why we're here. Uh, all right, the long walk. I gave it a seven. Rod gave it a six. Yeah. Uh, and then come true. I gave it a nine. Nate gave it an eight. Uh, right. Both recommends. Absolutely, both recommends. Um, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, Please. follow, check the Twitter, check the Twitch, check the YouTube. Um, we're going to have that Etsy store up eventually. Um, Rod and I are developing some short form, uh, stuff solo that we're going to be posting to expand the channel a little bit. Keep your eyes peeled for that kind of stuff for the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. And I was Rodney Godek. Take care folks. See you next week.